You're listening to episode 88 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, it's another episode with Christina and Emily, and I feel like we need to call these something special (laughs) to an identifying feature. (laughs) We should actually, that's a really good idea. We should, like, like dates with... Emily and Christina, that doesn't exactly flow though. Like we need to come up with something that flows better. (laughs) I was going to say something like, how can we combine Canadian and American? Oh, I love it. We need to think about this. Maybe people need to like message us on Instagram and let us know what they, what, what you would like to have us call these episodes. Cause we've decided there's going to be one a month. So we're pretty pumped about it. And we've got all kinds of topics, but yeah, we need, we need a name for this. <laughs> I, yeah, like we should name the ongoing series, right? I love that idea. I feel like we came up with a name like six months ago when we first started making this a regular event. And then I think we forgot about it. I probably have it in a Google Doc somewhere. <laughs> oh God, with all of our episode ideas, right? Oh my gosh. So, okay. So Christina, explain who you are for my people and then I will explain who I am for your people. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Christina Montalvo. You can find me over on Instagram at Christina underscore Montalvo. And if you're listening to this on Emily's podcast, my podcast is the Confidence Project podcast. Which everyone needs to go listen to if you haven't already. <laughs> I feel the same about yours. Thank you. Um, And I'm Emily Goff of Emily Goff Coaching, and I am the host of the Room to Grow podcast, if you're listening to this on Christina's. And I'm Canadian. Christina's American. I'm six feet tall. Christina is not. (laughs) (laughs) Super not. You guys, I'm not even five feet tall. Okay. My, I forgot to tell you this the other day. My mom, I went, I dropped him to see her yesterday. And uh, Christina had had the chance to meet my mom when she was here. And it's, it's like an event. My mom gets very excited whenever she gets to meet my, my dear friends. So she made like cookies and stuff, all of, all of these things, everything she does whenever she gets excited to meet anyone in my life. And then she took a video of Christina right before we were leaving <laughs> because Christina had this ridiculous, like everyone knows if you follow Christina on Instagram, you know her bun, her like pineapple bun. And it was like bobbling all over the place. And she shows me this video of right before we left. You know when this was. Yes. I forget sometimes the height difference between us. I was dying. You were literally like, it looks in the video like you're like three feet shorter than me. Okay. I had to take my glasses off just now to wipe the tears away from my eyes because I'm crying laughing. (laughs) Your mom even said like, she said that my bun was so crazy that every time I talked, it like bobbled on the top of my head and that I looked like a, she called me like a cute dictator or something. It was so cute. <laughs> I feel like that's appropriate. Totally. She was laughing. She, she's like, I watch this every time I need to laugh. She's like, you need Aww. to watch it at least twice. <laughs> it was well, very cute. <laughs> I am, I am four foot nine. Oh my Lord. And I forget yeah. what a difference that is between four foot nine and six feet until I'm like with you. And then I realize that I practically get a crick in my neck looking down at you. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, wait, I also have to tell our listeners of another funny story. When we went to Asheville, North Carolina together, you came with me. This is when I knew you were going to be one of my best friends. We drove my rental car like five miles. Was it not the longest? It was like a really long walk back. It we really dropped- was. We dropped the rental car off and then had to walk on the side of a highway for what felt like forever on the way back. And we got so many people honk their horns at us. And I certainly don't think, at least in my mind, I, I don't think they were like, wow, look at those two hot girls. I think they were like, one is six foot tall and one is four foot nine. What is happening? Like, I think it was just oh funny for the people driving by to see us walking next to each other. That was, that was quite comical. That was really comical. We had a good time that day. We did. We did. And we should have known because we, when you and I were in Asheville, we talked 
nonstop. We shared like a room kind of, I had like a little hobbit room, which was perfect for me. That was connected to your room. Like I had to go, it was so cool. (laughs) I had to walk through Emily's room to get to my room. And we stayed up every single night talking nonstop, which is funny because I spent three days in Canada with Emily. We didn't stop talking until we went to sleep every night. And then less than a month after I got home, we were on the phone for five hours, Emily, a couple weekends ago. I know. And then we got to the end of the call. We, We were four hours in. And we're like, okay, we should really wrap this up. Like, I have to go. You have to go. We've got things to do. And it took us another full hour to wrap it up. <laughs> but we got I, lots done. Like, we both have, you know, had our headphones in. And we both, like, were cleaning. We, we both went for walks separately. Uh, I think we both ate dinner at some point in there. I think you, you got gas. I went and got groceries. Like, <laughs> yes. I, like, did everything that I needed to do that day. I just happened to be on the phone with you. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It, it just that you happened to be, you know, in my ear while I was yeah. doing all these things. <laughs> totally. And so then at the end of it, and we're like, yes. oh my God, we could have just recorded like nine podcast episodes with all of the crazy topics that we just came up with. <laughs> and I just need to brag about us for a second. I genuinely <laughs> feel like the conversations that we have on the phone are so astute. Like they're just such astute conversations that I'm like, do other people have conversations like these with their friends? I, I feel the same way. And like, I, I feel weirdly, like I feel odd about saying that because it sounds super arrogant, but we, we really do have like very high level conversations, like conversations that I wouldn't have with the majority of other people like in my life. Like, and, and you and Agreed. I just seem to have these, and we'll, we'll even just audio message, well, we audio message each other all day, every day. And we, we audio message each other sometimes the weirdest shit. And the other one's like, yeah, of course. Like I've had the same problem. And we go to like in depth. Oh my gosh. Or I'll randomly message you about like my current thoughts on privilege and racism. Like I just. And I've done the same. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yes. So today's topic is 1000% inspired by the one of the topics that Emily and I covered in our five-hour phone conversation. (laughs) Do you want to intro our topic for today, Emily? Well, we're going to be talking about saving the drama for your mama because, and not to insult any mamas in here, uh, (laughs) because we don't (laughs) want you dumping your drama on your mama either. (laughs) But basically, it's the whole idea that we, we can have drama going on in our lives and not be an asshole about it. Like, we can still be kind to people even though you might be going through hell in your personal life, potentially. And we all have, have shit that comes up, of course. And it just, it's just not an excuse to not be kind because you also don't know what's going on in somebody else's life either. And it's not to say to not be authentic with your feelings because Christine and I, you and I have both talked about this a lot, both uh, privately and, and a little bit publicly, I think as well. I had a podcast episode with a guest a little while back about toxic positivity and sort of this good vibes only bullshit because it is bullshit. We, we wouldn't recognize good vibes if we didn't have bad vibes sometimes, like sometimes life is just going to punch you in the face and it's not going to be good vibes only. And if you try and make it that without dealing with the feelings and you just try to push past them, they're going to come back and bite you in the ass. So we're not suggesting that you stuff down your feelings and not feel them. We're just suggesting maybe don't drag them with you everywhere you go, I think is, is a little bit more appropriate. Yes. A 1000%. And I'm just going to throw this out here now. I definitely want you to, to touch on that Olympian. I believe she was an Olympian was a story that you told me. Um, right. She's missing her legs. Am I wrong? Oh, yes. Amy Purdy. Amy Purdy. Yes. Yes. Anyone who, uh, she's a a Paralympian. So anyone who isn't familiar, she has quite a, quite a significant following on Instagram, but she, I find her to be incredibly inspiring and she's a speaker as well. Um, I think she was also on dancing with the stars. I've never watched that, but I guess that's a big deal. Um, (laughs) and (laughs) she, she is like a Paralympian snowboarder in the U S and she, she recently went through a number of different um, surgeries. I guess she's had a kidney transplant as well. And they were debating whether they could save 
the rest of her leg or her kidney, which not a choice that anyone wants to have to make. Let's be honest here. Yeah. And she, they managed, I guess, to save both, but she was in incredible amounts of pain, um, the whole deal. And she just had the most beautiful attitude throughout and you know how much things could be worse and that, yeah, life doesn't go as planned. And she was supposed to be doing all these other things right now. And she'd rather be, you know, doing things like on her snowboard or, or anything like that. And life is getting in the way, but she just cultivates this really beautiful attitude that I think that we could all learn from, especially because I always try and remind myself, you know, somebody always has it worse. Like if you're having a really terrible day, think about how bad someone else's day might be. And you probably won't have to look far to find that comparison. Um, not to minimize what's going on in your own life either. Sometimes it can just give perspective that brings things back into reality a little bit. Totally. And I think there's something to be said about bringing things back into perspective and also choosing to realize that probably everyone that you come in contact with, in fact, this has to be like a cold hard fact. Every single human that you come in contact with across the course of your day has some stuff that they're going through. And there's something to be said about feeling that connectedness. And like you said, like we can all get punched in the face by life and still choose to not be an asshole about it. And when I was bringing up to you, which I'll get there in a moment, um, it was the first conversation of our phone call. I don't know if you remember that, Emily. And you had brought up, what's her name? Is it, her name's Amy? Yeah, Amy Purdy. When you brought up Amy, I wasn't sure where you were going with it. And you were like, your point was, like you said, that some people have it way worse than us. And again, it's not to minimize what we're going through um, at all. Because the way that I perceive something, you might be like, that's not a big deal at all. But for me, it might be a big deal. So it's not about like whose problems are bigger or whose problems are worse. And Emily, you're really good about reminding me of that always. As a friend, you're very good about reminding me of like, okay, well, I'm allowed to have my crap and you're also allowed to have your crap. And I think what you and I do well together is like hold space for one another without being like, my problems are worse. No, my problems are worse. And so this is what brings me back to the, like, save the drama for your mama. The story that I was telling Emily was there are people that I see regularly at my gym that every single day that I see them, it is the worst day of their life. And it's the traffic. It's their, their work. It's their kids. It's their dog. It's like just the general stuff that we all have, like, Again, I guess this would be me judging them. It's not like they're losing a limb, they're losing a kidney. But again, there's that perspective. And I'm like, you know, sometimes we just have to leave our drama at the door just for an hour, just for a moment. And again, going back to to you and myself, Emily, like there are moments that I voice message you or call you with, in the grand scheme of things, very trivial problems. And you allow me to have that space for a moment because. So in that moment when I'm like, this is bothering me, you leave your, you drop your, your stuff, your personal stuff for a moment to allow space for mine. And I think that's a big issue. That's kind of how I see it. It's almost as if some people are unwilling to drop their drama ever. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And, and like, I've gone through a bunch of like some, some shit lately (laughs) and you have more than once said to me, I'm going to kind of circle back to what you said before you've more than once message me and been like, I know this is nothing in comparison, but, and then you'll, you'll tell me something. And, and mm-hmm. I have had to remind you because my first thought is almost like embarrassment because I'm like, no, like the, just, just because, you know, the, there is no, no worse than necessary. I mean, there is on, if we're going to really scale it out, but overall, everyone is entitled to their feelings. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're just having a shit day and need to vent. And I totally, totally understand that. And I think that that's actually really healthy because again, when we try and hold everything in, it's going to burst at some point. And if you, if you wait for it to build up until it bursts, it's not going to be very pretty. (laughs) So it's better to let it out in small doses, but that doesn't mean that you have to do it in a really negative way. I think that you can also kind of set the stage with people too. 
like you and I actually will also do that for each other. We're like, okay, listen, I just need to vent for a second. We'll get it off of our chest. And then we try and be a little bit more solution oriented moving forward. It's like, okay, I vented, I bitched for a minute. Uh, you know, you bitched with me. It was great. Felt really good for like five minutes moving on. Now, what do we do about it? Like on a, on a real, on a real grand scale of things, how do we then fix this problem as opposed to just complain about it? Yes. That is something that I am obsessed with is being solution focused versus being problem focused. And I think a lot of drama. So I want to be clear, the way that I define drama is yes, it could be like gossiping and um, kind of more trivial stuff. Like we can create drama by gossiping. Right. Um, But the way more or less that I, that I define drama is identifying with our emotions over facts. Mm -hmm. So you can be going through a really hard time and there's no drama about it. And it's still a hard time, but there's not an over-identification with the emotions. Does that kind of make sense? Am I explaining that well at all? Yeah. And I actually really liked what what you said. I just took a note where you said identifying with emotions over facts. I think that that's actually a really beautiful way of putting it. Yes. And and I'd actually like your perspective on that because you know probably better than anyone that I have like an, an emotional problem in that I'm, I am severely under emotional, like I'm not very in touch with my emotions. So I do feel like maybe it's a little bit unfair for me to even say that. Cause Which I, is interesting though, too, because I think it's funny because I'm the opposite of you in a lot of ways. Like I will like cry at a drop of a hat, whereas it's harder <laughs> to make you cry. <laughs> Not that I try, you know what I, I mean. Know. <laughs> um, but it's but you you still have a lot of understanding, like you have a huge amount of understanding of emotion. So just because you don't show it necessarily in the more stereotypical ways, I think that you really sell yourself short in terms of your the way that you deal with emotions. I think that you're actually a lot more emotional than you think you are. You just don't express it in, in the, in the typical way we would, we would usually see. Oh, thanks. That was so nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. It's true. Because if you didn't, if you weren't emotionally intelligent, you wouldn't be able to explain certain situations and, and have uh, such an educated perspective that you do. Because a, a lot of that, like, I mean, your podcast alone, your entire platform, there's a huge amount of emotional intelligence in there. It's, it's embedded throughout. And if you weren't an emotional person, you wouldn't be able to do that. It would just be very cold. You wouldn't even be relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think that you, you're actually a very emotional person. It just is, a, is from a different angle than say I approach it. Like I approach it like boohoo. And I'll <laughs> like cry. And then, you know, it's over and done with or whatever. And obviously there's more to it than just that. But it, it, I think that, that we tend to think of being emotional. We, we usually associate that with something like crying, mm, yes, especially okay. for, for women, right? Particularly yeah. for women. It's like, if you're a crier, then yes, you're emotional. But I think that there's so many other ways to determine if you're in touch with your emotions or not, because you can also... I mean, a a very base level example, you can absolutely name your emotions. And that's something that a surprising number of people cannot do. Like a lot of people will just feel things like, again, sort of bubbling up, but they can't necessarily pinpoint what it is that is creating the issue. And you can. So I think that you undersell yourself there. And maybe that's what it is then though. I think maybe you're right. And maybe our interpretation of emotion is different, but I think I've come a really long way over not being drama focused because I search for facts more than just identifying with my emotions. So I can point to my emotion and say, this is really embarrassing. And I think I I do a good job and you and I do this pretty well together. I'll be like, this is embarrassing or this is frustrating or this makes me upset. And then here is why. And then we focus on the solution. And I think the drama problem is when people get stuck in that emotion part. They don't look for any sort of facts. It's just all emotion, which is valid, but it's also not always true. 
which is where the facts come in. And then they ruminate over the problem instead of ever focusing on a solution. Yes. And it's interesting. I, I still sometimes struggle with the rumination side of things because even though I can be trying to come at it from, from and, and I, I often do tend to come at it from a more solution-based approach, I still can ruminate regardless of what, of what direction I'm coming at it. I still have a tendency to ruminate. So that's something that I, that I really struggle with. And I have to try and break that cycle sometimes to, sometimes I just have to physically go do something like go do something different to break that, that pattern that I can feel myself getting sucked into sometimes. Um, and you have to, you have to kind of figure that out in yourself, like to see that for yourself and to see how it is that you approach certain situations. And, and it's that, um, that recognition that is really going to help you determine how you can change something. Okay. So this is, I'm actually glad that you are kind of a little bit different than me in that regard, because my next question for you then going back to our topic about don't be an asshole. Like you can have a bad day. You can have shit on your plate and don't be an asshole. If you know that you can tend to err on the side of ruminating over the the problems and the potential emotions that are coming up. How do you handle that in such a way that you're not showing up as an asshole and making everybody's else day suck just because your day might suck right now too? Um, that's a great question. I, I feel like I am often, and I'm not, I, I'm not sure why this is. Uh, I just seem to be very empathetic to, to the awareness that if I'm having this bad of a day, I bet somebody else's day is as bad or worse. Mm. And, and then I, and, and I, I'm not really sure what, what it is in me that I feel like I've always been that way, or at least for a really long time that I, I just have grown and, and developed this, this awareness that everyone can have bad days. And, you know, if somebody cut you off in traffic, Maybe they're a jerk. It's possible that they do that all the time. Um, they also might have a lot of like deep-seated anger from, I don't know, abuse, right? Like that's a, a big jump to make. And, and I'm not saying that there aren't just assholes who will just cut you off in traffic for the sake of cutting you off in traffic. But, and don't get me wrong, I still get super annoyed when that happens to me. <laughs> but sometimes we just have to um, kind of remind ourselves of that and... I think that a lot of it also kind of comes down to things like gratitude too, because even on a really shitty day, I always make sure that I think about how many things I'm grateful for. And sometimes I, this, this happened just the other day. I, I, I think, um, oh, so I, I don't think that you guys have Kijiji down there, but it, it's like Craigslist. I think we have Craigslist here too, but Kijiji is like something up here where you can just sell stuff randomly. So I listed, I don't know, a pair of running shoes or something. Somebody said, yeah, let's, let's meet um, at a, a Tim Hortons, a Canadian staple. Uh, so <laughs> I went to the Tim Hortons and they didn't show and they didn't answer my text. And I was super annoyed. So as I'm driving home, I was kind of steaming about it because I'd waited for 20 minutes. I had like redesigned my day to accommodate for this. And I talked to myself. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else does this or not, but I talked to myself all the way home very quietly listing all of the amazing things that I was grateful for in my life that were going right. And by the time I got home, I felt fine. I'm like, eh, whatever. And That's it just, awesome. yeah, it just kind of like offsets, right? Like it, it's, it, it's just a really great tool that you can keep in your tool belt to bring things back into perspective. You know, if you don't want to go on Instagram and like, look at, at somebody like Amy Purdy, who's dealing with all kinds of different issues and everyone has their different issues that they're dealing with. It's certainly not just, just her. Um, then you can, you can look at the other side of the coin. So rather than looking for the bad that's going on for everyone else, look at all the good that's going on for you despite this shitty thing too. I think this is where people get stuck. And this is why I wanted this to be like a podcast episode specifically to talk about this because what do you, at least in my experience, and this is my perspective, and you want to talk about toxic positivity, this is going to be a super negative perspective, but this is genuinely how I feel. This is very authentic. I think people like to have a bunch of drama and bullshit in their life. And so any sort of disruption to potentially like the pity, the, the, um, 
woe is me mentality, kind of like that victim mentality is not nearly as rewarding as people being like, oh, you're having a bad day because you're, I can see that you're having a bad day because you're stomping around everywhere and rolling your eyes at everyone and your, your body language is shitty. Something about that I think is more appealing to people than choosing to seek out all the good that's happening in their life or even all the good that's happening out in the world because it disrupts that pattern of like, hmm, drama fulfills me in some way. You know, it's, it's interesting because I do actually agree with you that I think that there are people out there who, who feel that way, but, but a lot of them don't even recognize it in themselves. Right. And, that's, yes. and I, I think that that's almost the key because everyone that I've ever known who has been that way, I don't think they had any idea that they were like that. I think that that was just their, their norm. Whereas the people who are, who are aware of it tend to not be that way. And that seems to be like the connection. But I, I, um, I knew a girl who she, she always seemed to have drama with guys. Like every guy she dated seemed like the biggest jerk on the planet. I'm like, Oh my God, like this girl cannot win. I feel so badly for her. I don't understand how she keeps ending up with these dudes. She's a really great girl. She's a sweetheart. Um, but there was always drama always. And finally she started dating this really, really great guy. And I was so excited for her. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's amazing. You know, he seemed fantastic. Uh, he, he was really great for her, all of these things. And I actually thought to myself, okay, I guess we're done with the dramatic stories. Mm-hmm. We were not. <laughs> because then instead she just moved on to drama about mutual friends or some of her friends or whatever. And, and every time we would hang out, it was just more drama. And I would actually try and, and turn the conversation. I'd be like, oh, you know, how's, how's your boyfriend or whatever? She's like, oh yeah, he's great. Like everything's awesome because there was no drama with him. And then she would pull the conversation right back to the drama about somebody else's drama. And that was all she wanted to focus on. And that was a wake up call for me because I'm like, okay, she finally is with this great guy that isn't causing any drama, but now she's going looking for drama elsewhere Mm. just to bring displacing it. Yeah. Yeah. And when it's not even her own drama or she was purposely putting herself in situations that were creating drama, but doing so very willingly. And it was a huge wake up call for me. And I kind of started to cut ties a little bit because I just, I didn't want anything to do with that. Every time, every time I I hung out with her, it felt like a very negative experience. It, and I, I would leave not feeling fulfilled or happy. I wouldn't even really leave with a smile on my face. I'd be bummed out when I would, when I would be done hanging with her because it was kind of like she had brought me down and I didn't want anything to do with that. So I just kind of let the friendship go because that didn't, it, there, there's nothing useful about that to anyone. And I doubt that she was likely very happy either, but she just didn't recognize it. That was the difference. Isn't it funny? The only thing I can think about as you're saying that is like the endless ripple effect that our attitudes have on our world. Like, think about it this way. Let's say you were still choosing to spend time with her. She sucks the energy right out of you. Let's say you're, you're already having a bad day. Then you hop on the phone with me, let's just say, and your energy is low and you have to vent to me about how negative she is. Now that zaps my energy. Now I have to go, you know, and it just never, ever, ever ends. And so the fact that you were able to recognize that this was a consistent pattern and that there was a common denominator with the drama is so powerful. And, and also it's powerful and it's empowering because then you can choose to be like, I actually don't want to be a part of this anymore. Yeah. And I think that once you start to look for something like that, it's a practice, right? So just like anything else, you're going to continue to get better at seeing it more quickly too. So it's, it's kind of like, um, I've heard, I've heard relationship coaches talking about this, that you want to learn to say no that much faster because the faster you say no to the people that you don't want in your life, then the more quickly the people you do want in your life will be able to come in because you're leaving that space. And that, to me, that applies to any relationship. That doesn't have to just be a romantic relationship. That applies to any type of friendship, partnership, relationship, whatever, that the, the quicker you figure out what you do and don't want in the people, like the qualities that you do and don't want in the people in your life, 
the more quickly you will then be able to call in the people that you want. Oh, totally. Yes. And as you were kind of telling the story about that one girl, something that I, this is almost the exact opposite of a gratitude journal. Um, I don't, I'm so aware of it now, kind of like what you're saying, like you get, it's a practice and you get to the point where you're able to be, to say no. And I mean that in like a figurative sense of like, Ooh, these, I don't need to be in this person's life or vice versa. There was a a stretch of time in which I would write down all the things in my life that were bothering me. So like a complaint journal and anything that was a trend, I'd be like, Oh, you have to do something like and if the same person's name was popping up, kind of like in, in your thing, I'm like, something's got to give. Why? How is it that every single time I'm with this person, it's such a negative experience or there's so much drama or they only have things to complain about and they're complaining about the same things. Again, they're, they're problem obsessed instead of solution oriented. And that was incredibly draining for me to be a part of because then now I'm going at the end of every single night writing essentially the same conversation with this person down over and over and over again. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have a choice, you know, and I, I can't hold a gun to people's heads and say, stop complaining, stop being a drama queen. And it is in my nature to be a fixer. I'm sure you know that Emily. I'm like, I try to fix everything. And you can only give so much advice to people like, oh, why don't you try this? And then you realize like, oh, they want to be stuck. They like the drama of being stuck or miserable, or they love the drama of gossiping. And I think it really says something about personal growth to be able to look at those situations and those people and potentially know when it's time to walk away or potentially know when you are one of those people, which is a really hard pill to swallow. It is a hard, a very hard pill to swallow because this is kind of the problem with self-development and personal growth is that when we look in the mirror, sometimes you might not like what you see and that's difficult. Like that's a lot harder than pointing a finger at somebody else. But there's some, there's some saying about that where if you're pointing the finger at someone else to look on the, on the other end of the finger, I can't, the saying is like much more eloquent, but whenever you point one finger at me, there are three fingers pointed back. Yes, that's right. Or like four more pointing back at you or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and it couldn't be more accurate because a lot of times the way people respond to us is exactly that. It's a response. So however we are showing up and not necessarily there, there are obviously instances where this is not a hundred percent true, but however we are showing up, that person is going to be interacting with us. And that response will be reflective of how we interact with them just as much as the other way around too. So we have to, we have to cultivate awareness around that. That's not the case in, in situations that are you know, like abuse or anything like that. This is just sort of like more everyday, like base level stuff that I think that that's something really important to remember. And, and it's tough. It's, it's eye-opening and it's hard to do, very difficult to do. And you are 1000%. So yes. So for example, this woman shows up at my gym. She's a member, just a shitty attitude. Like rolling her eyes, huffing and puffing, no patience, like clearly does not want to be there. And I've said a few times to several different members of like, you don't have to be here. Like by all means don't, because you may have, you may have had a rough day at work, but by you coming up here and huffing and puffing and just being downright rude is now ruining my work day. But people are always like you said, like it's a reaction. So how am how is anyone of the dozen of dozens of other people in the room who are responding to that kind of body language and that attitude and the eye rolling and again like the attitude you're going going to quite literally experience a reflection of yourself in the world when you behave like that so you have a bad day so now you're showing up as an asshole and you're going to go home and go god everyone was so rude to me at the gym or at work or at the mall or at the store But what I often say, which is actually something that one of my girlfriend's therapists told her was nobody wants to hug a porcupine. And it's a thousand percent true. Except they're so cute. (laughs) They are so cute. (laughs) But no, it's true. I I don't want to hug a porcupine. You're you're right. They're adorable, but. (laughs) Right. Like 
I guess human porcupines are different than yes. No, that's, that's a really beautiful perspective though, because that, that couldn't be more accurate because you, you get what you give, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're putting garbage out into the world, then you're probably going to get garbage in return. And, and you also get what you look for. Like, you know how, totally. yeah, like, you know how sometimes, um, it's funny. I, I told, uh, I told one of my business mastermind girlfriends yesterday about this guy for anyone who's interested named uh, Stu McLaren. And because she was interested in starting a membership site and I said, you know, he's, he's like the go-to in the business, make sure to go check him out. And he also happens to live, uh, very close to me. Like he's very, very local. And she went and checked him out and signed up for all the things and whatever. And she messaged me later that day. She said, I had literally never heard of this guy in all of my years in business. And she said, and then today, not only do you mention him to me, but I've seen him pop up on like three other people's Instagram stories. <laughs> and it's so true because whenever we start looking for something, we start seeing things that we didn't notice until we started looking for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Like quite literally your focus determines whatever you find. And so something that I have my clients go through um, in order to prove this is I will say, okay, look around the room that you're in and count how many items you can find that are blue. And they'll be like, oh my God, there's like 25 things in here that are blue. I'm like, see, you were not overwhelmed with 24 items that were blue until you focused on them. And so positivity is the same thing. Happiness is the same thing. Things to smile about are the same thing. Um, it is no difference. And so if you're so focused on how negative your life is or how bad your day was, if that's what if that's the lens that you're choosing to see the rest of your day or God forbid the rest of your life through, you're going to keep finding it. Your brain cannot focus on every single stimulus that's available to it. There are billions of stimuli available to your brain every single day and your thoughts are no different. Your brain has to choose how to filter those out. And this is not about toxic positivity whatsoever. I am anti like good vibes only, whatever, but there is something to be said about people who hold on to their drama and their crap and their day and their negativity like a dog with a bone and completely block themselves from a different type of experience whether again that's whether that's at work or at dinner with your family or at the gym or whatever like they can never seem to put it down and then they wonder why again why is my life so dramatic why am i so unfulfilled why am i so unhappy and it's like put your dog bone down and change the lens in which you're viewing your world jesus <laughs> No, it's so true though. That, that was a mouthful. I feel like we need to like repeat that just so that the seats in the back. I couldn't say that again, even if I tried. No, it, it's exactly true though. And, and this is the, the entire problem is that when, when we're thriving off of drama, you're, you're just not allowing any of the positivity to come in. There is no space for it. So you, you aren't letting any of, of the good stuff come in and you are only seeing, focusing on, um, you know, expelling the negative vibes and that isn't helpful for anyone. And you're making everyone else's experience not ideal as well. And again, like vent, please, like whenever you need to vent, do it, feel real emotions. Like none of, we're not about like the toxic positivity or anything like that. But there's just a difference between being kind, even though you might be having a shit day. It doesn't mean you have to walk around grinning all day. It just means that you are showing basic human decency as opposed to, you know, throwing a tantrum, uh, cutting everyone off in traffic, stomping your foot on the ground. Like it, it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> Something really quick that I want to say, because I know that we mentioned this again on our five hour phone call. this became true for me. So when I was 16, one of my good friends committed suicide and I I mean, it was absolutely devastating. I think I had to skip school for like two weeks. I was in therapy. It was horrible. And it was in those, the darkest days of returning back to school. And of course in high school, everyone's like, where have you been? Or you'd even get the questions of like, heard your friend killed himself. And it was horrible. And it was in those moments that I decided that being kind, and I know this sounds extremely like trivial and and frivolous potentially, but like I made sure to say bless you every single time someone sneezed. I made sure to say thank you. You're welcome. I held every single door for every single person. Um, Little things like that 
made me feel better in a time that I felt so hopeless and so alone and just really, really dark. And it was like my way of somehow contributing a little bit of light back into a world that felt so, so dark. And so to your point, like we can be going through some stuff and still choose to be kind. By no means was I skipping down the hallways of my high school. I was not laughing. I was not smiling, but I was like, okay, if I, if I don't have it in me to smile, I definitely, definitely have it in me to say, please, thank you, excuse me and bless you. And I, again, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it made a really, really big difference for me at the time. That's, that's a really beautiful example. And I'm, it, I'm really touched by it because I think that that's, that's one more example of giving you that perspective like that, that little bit of perspective, but that perspective wasn't fleeting either. That perspective stayed with you because it affected you on such a deep level. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes this sounds terrible, but, but, and, and it, this is not like a hard and fast rule by any means, but I think that sometimes people who have gone through shit can have a little bit more perspective in life and they can, they can recognize basic everyday stuff for what it is in comparison to the really big deal life altering events. And I I actually know several people who have had incredible just tragedies in their lives and they tend to be more the mind of not sweating the small stuff. Mm. Like they, they let some of that stuff kind of some of the little everyday shit roll off their backs because they're like, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? Right. And, and sometimes I think that we have to have that perspective in order to figure that out and to gain, to gain that, that sense of what is really worth my energy in getting upset over and what isn't. Yeah. And I, yes, there's something to be said about people who have gone through some shit and every single time, this is so bad. I'm such a human. Sometimes I'm, I can be very judgmental. Um, just throwing that out there. (laughs) Every time I, I know someone and I can think of specific people as I say this, who I know have gone through some shit who are still like dramatic and petty. I kind of want to shake them and be like, you've overcome bigger things. And this is really like, what you're going to obsess over right now. And again, like I have to, I'm working on allowing people to feel their whole host of emotions, but I'm like, this is really not, this isn't really a big deal, but you're, you're obsessed with the drama. You're obsessed with the problem. And again, though, those people tend to have, um, that history of just like obsessed with the drama, obsessed with the problems. Um, and again, to kind of counter your point, they've been through some shit. They just, I think, chose to not hold on, chose to not hold on to that perspective. But again, I'm not perfect either. There are plenty of days, Emily, before we started even hit recording yesterday, I was like, oh my God. And nothing horrible happened yesterday in the grand scheme of things. I will never remember the day that I had yesterday. Um, and so sometimes it, it is tough, but I make sure to leave my drama at the door. Um, I try to never ruin or affect somebody else's day in a negative way just because I'm going through some shit. I think that's, that's important for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really accurate actually. And, and it's, it's true that, I mean, not, not everybody is going to, is going to have the same perspective, but we, we need to be able to, we need to be able to, to recognize it and not just recognize it in others, but to recognize it in ourselves too. And that's really going to be the the most difficult part is recognizing it in ourselves doesn't feel so good. And we have to be really aware of it. And yeah, it's, it's hard. Like this shit is hard. It's, it's no joke. So Emily and I actually pulled up some things on Google just to see what kind of came up when, when we typed in, like, how do what, how do we know if we're the creator of our own drama? What does being a drama queen even mean? So Emily, go ahead and, and read us what you found. <laughs> well, one of the things is talking about knowing when you're creating drama, which we've kind of already discussed several times, but I liked how this phrased it. Um, and I'll make sure to reference this article in the show notes, but it was talking about one way to stop being a drama queen is to become self-aware enough to know when you're the one causing the drama, which we, which we discussed. 
says, do you find that you are always and that you always end up getting in conflicts with people and that no one in your life is easy to get along with? Do you find yourself getting heated, crying, or stomping your feet on a daily basis? If that's the case, unless you're living in a war zone, it actually says that, chances are that a lot of this drama is self-created. Knowing that you are the source of a lot of the drama is the first step to curbing it. So then once you see that you're the source, you'll stop blaming the people around you and you'll see that you are actually in control of the situation. That's actually really interesting. And, and that's, that's a really great way to cultivate the awareness is that if you, if you feel like you're in a constant state of stress, because sometimes I think that we might mistake stress for drama Ooh, as well. That's powerful. So I think that sometimes we need to get to the source of the stress to figure out what it is. And sometimes you might not like what you find and it might be drama. And if the drama is what you find, then you need to address that. But otherwise, that just might feel like you're living in a constant state of like stress and anxiety. This is the problem with stress is that a lot of times we don't have <clears throat> other words to assign to it. So we just call it stress. And we, without getting to the root of it, you can't fix it. You, you can't change it or shift it in any way. Can I also just say that if you're obsessed with drama, the gossip, the victim mindset, the pity that comes from talking about how horrible your day is and whatever, you are, you have no time, no space, no mental energy to actually begin working on yourself. Correct. Like, it's not even possible. And I do think that being focused on drama, again, talking smack about your friends, um, ruminating over the guy that cut you off in traffic, worrying about this, just all the, the drama, again, the emotions, the emotions, the emotions, constant, constant, constant. Um, it's a distraction. It's a super convenient and a super believable distraction. And it keeps us really stuck. And it makes perfect sense. Like, well, so-and-so at work did this. And, and then this happened. And did you hear about this happened? Blah, blah, blah. And suddenly, first of all, that's extremely draining. It's not productive. It's problem focused. And it's a great distraction from your own self-development. But it keeps you stuck exactly where you are. Well, and to that point, something else that it talks about is to work on building your self-esteem and your confidence. Mm -hmm. And that's huge because it, the article says, and I'm quoting now, a lot of times drama queens are, are the way they are because they have low self-esteem. They may feel like people will only pay attention to them or give them the time of day if they are constantly being dramatic, loud, or talking smack about, your, about people. Ask yourself if this sounds like you and think about your own self-image and how you really feel about yourself. When you get up to look in the mirror, what do you see? Work on loving the person you see there and not basing your self-worth on how much attention people give you. Oh, that is powerful shit right there. That, yes. I mean, that's like <laughs> my life's motto for the Confidence Project podcast in an article. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that that is so important to recognize that if you are always looking outside yourself for, for example, for a conversation starter, like going back to that girlfriend yeah. that I had. I don't know if she actually knew how to carry on a conversation without the drama. Yes. I think that that was the only way she knew how to have a conversation at all. And when there wasn't as much drama in her life, she had to go searching for more because she didn't know how to carry on a conversation without whipping that out. Like that was, that was her go-to and, and it had been, and it had been embedded in her life for so long, I think at that point that she didn't have any other conversational tools at her disposal. And that's yeah. a huge confidence issue. Totally. I mean, I had an entire friendship now that I'm thinking about it that stemmed around, and I was very immature at the time. I didn't know any better. Um, it, it took me a while to realize that our entire friendship circled around talking shit about other people. And I had finally, I think I mentioned this on the, the friendships episode with you actually, I had told her that I no longer wanted to talk about other people and our friendship completely ended from one minute to the next. There was nothing left for her and I to talk about nothing. And I was so saddened by that. But can you imagine like there are still, I know people that every time I, I hear them chatting amongst themselves, I'm like, you're talking about somebody else again in their life. Like that has nothing to do with you. But I think it is, you're right. Like there, it's a conversation starter. They don't know anything else to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, and I've, I've witnessed that with more than one person too, but there's also like a victim mindset 
mentality to this as well. And, and you and I have done an entire episode on this. We'll make sure to reference that in the show notes. Um, I really enjoyed that episode. Actually, I thought that was really good. And you and I tend to bring that into a lot of what we do and a lot of what we talk about in our everyday lives as well, um, with each other and, and with other people. And it's powerful to step out of the victim role because when you're the victim, you're powerless. And that's when you're likely feeling more like a drama queen. But when you step into the, the other side of things, you're stepping into your power, you're taking your power back, and then you realize that you get to control how, how you behave in certain situations. It doesn't mean that you get to control life, like no one can control life, life is just going to happen around you, but it's also going to happen for you. And it's what you do with it that determines the outcome. Totally. Yes. 1000%. I, that's still one of my favorite episodes to date. Um, I love that episode. <laughs> 1000%. Something that I do that I think is also helpful for our listeners is if I am listening to a conversation or if someone brings something up to me, or if I'm, you know, if I've gone down the social media rabbit hole, I have to check myself and make sure, does this actually affect me? Does this have any, does this warrant my energy and my time right now? And I think drama and gossip especially kind of can tend to make us feel like that article suggested it can make us feel very important. Um, And so it could be a very valid like time waster, like suddenly we're worried about what so-and-so is doing and whatever, whatever. But I have to check myself because it's easy to get stuck there. I mean, I can see it. Um, I have to make sure that I'm not like, isn't there something else that I could be doing for myself right now? You know, other than listening to gossip, listening to drama, I don't know, going down the social media rabbit hole of like, what's so-and-so doing with their life? Which for me, again, is like a source of drama, potentially. It's, it's not dramatic, I'd say, but it's just, again, kind of that drama queen rabbit hole of stuff. And I'm like, does this, does this matter? Will it matter tomorrow? And the answer is almost always no. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, the other problem is that when, when we end up being kind of that dramatic person is that think about anyone, you know, who is super filled with drama, they usually tend to make everything about them. Yeah. So no matter what shit you have going on in your own life, you know, you could be coming to them with like a fucking tragedy that's happening in your life. And somehow a lot of times it would end up coming back to a situation that has happened to them or something else that has gone on in their life, something else that they might currently be dealing with, um, turns into some sort of comparison. And then that circles back to what you and I talked about before, Christina, about, you know, like, well, my drama is worse than yours. Mm-hmm. Like it, it almost, it almost becomes a competition when that wasn't necessarily what you went to them with in the first place. You were just, you know, letting them know about something significant that's happening in your life. And then you walk away from the conversation thinking, oh my God, but we just spent the last hour talking about them. Like, how did, how did this happen? So, so I have to say, this is very important for me to say. I filmed a two-part um, episode short series on my podcast all about people who trigger you. And it was such a big topic for me. Um, and Emily, you know who this is about because you and I have enough personal conversations. So an entire two-part series was filmed about that. And something that I say often with this person in particular, quite literally what you just said and this is a horrible, horrible, horrible response or horrible analogy, but it's true. And I'm sure everyone listening has someone in their life that's just like this. I could call this particular person to let them know that I had some sort of terminal illness, like I and could be devastated. And beyond a shadow of a doubt, this person's response would be something like, I just saved a bunch of money by switching to Geico. Like, and then we'd be talking about their car insurance <laughs> in the midst of me having this terminal illness. I, that is how every single conversation with this person goes. And because of how unfulfilling and one-sided and dramatic and self-absorbed and, um, gosh, just all that stuff, just, that's how every, that is how 100% of our dynamic has been. I've just stopped reaching out to this person. Like I have, there's no room in my life for someone like that. There there's no room for, for me to even have a bad day. There's no room for, for me to even have a good day because then it always goes back to them and, and their drama and their car insurance and their teeth whitening strips and the new slippers they just bought. And I'm like, I, 
okay, that's fine. (laughs) And this person also happens to be a super huge drama queen. And I do think to your point that these things go hand in hand. I think so too. And, and a lot of times those also tend to be the people that will share a little bit of TMI on social media too. Mm. Like broadcasting everything that's going on in their lives. You know, we all have those people on Facebook sometimes where every time you see them post, it's just, you know, a sentence or two about what a shit day they're having. <laughs> like <laughs> yes. every, everything broke down. The traffic was awful. And I'm, and you know, like once, like I understand even like twice, I get it. But then when you realize that it's a continuous cycle, then that, that tells you a lot about that particular person. Like if you're having a shitty day, then maybe just confide in, confide in, in a single individual, like mm-hmm. someone that you trust a lot, who's very close to you and you know, isn't going to like judge you or uh, give you a hard time about it, but they might also potentially, hopefully give you some great advice or some sort of uh, kind of what we were talking about before, like solution based approach rather mm-hmm. than broadcasting your shitty day to everyone in the world, because then you're just looking for reinforcement of, yeah, that really fucking sucks. And that's not helping anyone. <laughs> Especially when it's about like, like you said, like traffic or um, like stuff that's just never going to go away. Like being stuck in traffic is never going to go away. Dishes piling up is never going to go away. Like that's not something to work through. You know, I think the difference could be when it's like, again, like an actual tragic event when life comes and punches you in the face. I am still, I do not take to social media to be like, and then this horrible thing happened. And then this horrible thing happened. Even when it does feel like big life changing events, I'm not about that. Um, so yeah, I do feel when it's like the incessant and seemingly trivial things it is for the reinforcement of like, Oh my God, your life is just so hard. And don't get me wrong. I think we all have periods of our life where life is genuinely hard, just, just genuinely hard. And again, if you're listening, I highly, highly recommend that you have at least one person in your life where you may go, you may go through some tragic event and it is not the time to start putting solutions in place. Sometimes you genuinely need just some space to cry it out, scream it out, and ruminate, to be quite honest with you. But at some point, we have to start moving towards solutions, right? And I, I think if you can have that one person in your life where you're like, okay, I, I need a solution now. And that solution might be your, per, your friend on the other end of the phone is like, go for a walk. And that might be today's solution. But again, that, that comes by dropping the drama bone for one second and being like, okay, I, I am going to go for a walk right now and clear my head. That's a, that's a solution-based approach, I'd say. I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of different solutions that we can offer here, but I hope that, that we've given some, some insight into, I, because I think that it's, it's important as with any issue or, or difficulty to understand the problem in order to find the solutions. So mm. I, I hope that we've given some understanding about that and you know what to look for. And if, if you are the person who is maybe having some realizations listening to this, that you are maybe at the center of the trauma, it's okay. Like we've all had those days too. Like I, I have totally had days where I've been like, Oh my God, I'm being a bit of drama queen today. (laughs) So it's not to say that, you know, this never happens to, to anybody else. It's just about the recognizing of it and then figuring out why it's happening and getting to the root of that, to, uh, to pull all of those layers off so that you can start to have a little bit more of a positive experience in the world. And that's just going to have like you were talking about, Christina, a huge ripple effect, but the good kind, not the not great kind. Yes. So what I think could be super cool is if you're up for it and if you're listening, if you could send Emily and myself a DM on Instagram or post in either one of our Facebook groups, which we will also link below in the show notes, if you had any realizations throughout or any epiphanies throughout this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Again, there's really no judgment, but that awareness is the first step. So even if you're like, oh my God, it's me, which full transparency, that was me for many, many years also. Um, But my life wasn't able to shift to a more, my life was unable to shift to a more impactful place until I realized that, that my obsession with problems and drama was my own 
cause. And by realizing that I was the cause of that, that also meant that I was the solution. Exactly. And that's a really powerful statement right there too. Like the fact that, that you, you have the power to be the solution, I think is something that we all need to remember and to cultivate more awareness around no matter what the problem is. So that's a really, really great way to end Christina. I love it. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I love it. We did it. We did another one. (laughs) All right, guys. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.